0: Are you confused by what you've been hearing about cannabis and all its medical uses, or marijuana, as we called it in my teenage years? There are so many varieties and different uses for the cannabis plant, and it can be very confusing. Fortunately, our guest today is here to demystify things for us. And so if you're curious, keep listening. Moving your mom or your dad or yourself isn't just about moving things from one place to another. It is much more complicated than that, as are so many things having to do with later life. How to Move Your Mom, and still be on speaking terms afterward, provides in-depth conversations with professionals, older adults, and their family members who share their stories with warmth, understanding, and humor. I'm your host, Marty Stevens-Hiebner, and here you'll find answers to many of your questions, as well as different perspectives that
1: I hope will inform and inspire you. Sue Feldmuth, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Marty. I'm happy to join you today. Here's a bit about Sue Feldmuth, who has 30 years
0: experience as a nurse and is the founder of MC Wellness Consulting, where she's dedicated to safely guiding people through the often confusing world of medical cannabis. Sue's concerns about her own aging mother's severe arthritis pain and her use of opioids spark Sue's interest in cannabis. Sue also works as a cannabis consultant at the Kensington Assisted Living and Memory Care Community in Sierra Madre, California, and she is the clinical supervisor for About Senior Solutions, a geriatric care company. So here's the question I always start out with, Sue.
1: What's your favorite memory of your grandparents? My grandfather lived with my parents from before I was born until he passed away. He lived to be 100 and was the epitome of health. Looking back, I can see all the things he did well. My sister and I were very picky eaters and did not like to eat our vegetables. So every day he would walk to the grocery store, buy fresh fruits and vegetables and juice them. Juicing is so big now, but he was doing it way back in the 70s. So every day we had a fresh glass of juice that had beets and spinach, but carrots and apples, which would make it good. And that way he was rest assured that we got our vegetables one way or another. Your grandpa was years ahead of his time then. Yep. All the things he did, I see are very trendy right now. (laughs) We didn't appreciate it at the time. Like with a lot of things, when you're young, you don't appreciate (laughs) the wisdom of our elders. So true. Now let's just get
0: straight to it. What are the different types of cannabis and how can they help us?
1: We'll talk about the two big categories of cannabis because we hear marijuana, which is a slang term for the recreational type of cannabis that is usually a short, bushy plant, lots of flowers, tends to have high amounts of THC. THC stands for tetrahydrocannabinol, and that's the component that makes you high. And then there's hemp, which is a cousin. It's still in the cannabis family, but it has a tall, thick stock, fewer flowers, and has many thousand industrial uses for hemp. And it primarily has CBD, cannabidiol. It can have, in this country, a third of 1% can be THC, but not more than that. We see a lot of CBD products from hemp, because they don't have the same restrictions as a product that's from the marijuana plant. And I hate saying marijuana because it's a slang term and the plant is called cannabis. <laughs> cannabis is a plant. So it has a lot in common with other plants. And if you think about tomatoes, there's beefsteak tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, zebra tomatoes that are green and stripy. There's so many different variations of tomatoes. They're all Tomatoes. But they taste a little different. They look a little different. And that's how it is with the cannabis plant as well. That's so many different kinds. There's multiple strains. A lot of times in a dispensary, you'll hear the terms indica and sativa, and they'll say indica tends to be more sedating and sativa is more uplifting. What tells you about the plant is the concentration of cannabinoids. And cannabinoids is a new term, probably for a lot of people. CBD and THC are both cannabinoids. That's a family of compounds found in the cannabis plant. These cannabinoids have lots of different benefits and act on different receptors in our body. How did you come to start
0: using cannabis to help your mom?
1: The story of my mom is interesting because there's so many parts to it. She was on Norco, which is an opioid for her pain, taking three or four capsules a day. And she was still in pain and miserable and wanted to die and said it many times a day. She also had the beginnings of dementia at the time. Her pain management doctor is the one who suggested you might want to look into medical marijuana because I can't go up on her dose anymore. It's not safe. My thought was, this guy's a quack. How can he recommend medical marijuana for my mom? All I knew is I'd learned my whole life that it was something bad. And I initially said, we're not going to do that. And then I thought, well, let me learn about it and understand what I'm actually saying no to and why would he recommend it? And that's when I had listened to a podcast about the science of it and was blown away and had to learn more. And I was very skeptical the whole time. Can this be real? It sounds too good to be true. Because the information sometimes you find on the internet are from sources that seem dubious and don't seem to have a medical background. And I just didn't believe it. What changed your mind? that's when I found the American Cannabis Nurses Association. So in my mind, it seemed a little bit more legitimate if nurses were looking at it. And the nurses had their educational modules in a way that I understood kind of boring scientific approach, which made sense to me talking about our endocannabinoid system, which all humans have. It's a system that was discovered in the 1990s by an Israeli scientist. And he discovered a whole new set of receptors that had never been identified before, primarily concentrated in your brain and central nervous system and on the cells of your immune system. And they're found on multiple organs, tissue types, bone, everywhere that has a cannabinoid receptor is going to interact with the cannabinoids and cannabis. The next question was, why would our body have receptors to a plant? We have receptors because our body makes cannabinoid-like compounds. So our body produces these chemicals only as needed, on demand. And the whole purpose of the endocannabinoid system is to maintain homeostasis, to maintain the body in balance. So when something happens to throw us out of whack, like for my mom, it would be lots of inflammation due to her arthritis, causing a lot of pain. What triggers that system into action and how frequently does it go to work for us? For us on a daily basis, it could be walking down the street, a car swerves, almost hits you and you have to jump out of the way. So your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, you have a surge of adrenaline, But once the danger passes, you have to come back down to baseline. So that's when your endocannabinoid system kicks in. The chemicals are released and it says, okay, danger's over and everything come back to normal. So that's what this system does. It's working in the background. As we age or have some kind of a disease process, our endocannabinoid system can get out of balance. As we age, we don't make as many of these endocannabinoids. And so supplementing with plant cannabinoids seems to be pretty effective. As we get older or as we watch our parents get older, they tend to be more anxious about things that they could have handled in the past and you're like, what's a big deal? So you have two doctor's appointments on one day. That's too much. And they freak out. But I think a natural function of aging, just the way we don't make hormones like we used to when we were younger. We don't synthesize vitamin D as well as we did when we were younger. I think we don't synthesize and make these endocannabinoids that help stabilize our mood and anxiety response as well as we did when we were younger. So I think they're just not as capable to rein those feelings in. We don't make as much melatonin, so we don't sleep as well sometimes as we get older, which is natural. When did you first start using cannabis with your mom? my first trip to a dispensary was 2016. And it's not the way it is today. You needed a letter of recommendation from a doctor to go to a medical dispensary. I assume it would be like a pharmacy. I foolishly asked if I should bring my mom if they would want to monitor her after she had her first dose. (laughs) And the doctor (laughs) laughed and said, No, it's not that kind of place. And I purchased some CBD gummies, some chocolates, and we gave the first dose to my mom. It was probably five milligrams of CBD. I'm just going to interject here that you and I live in California. Yes. Or now we can go
0: buy it on our own. There are a lot of states that are like that now, but back then it wasn't legal
1: to go do that. Now it is in many states. I think there are 38 states where cannabis is medically legal. CBD from hemp is legal in all 50 states. Back wow. then, there are a few more hoops to jump through. And in certain states, people might still have to go to a doctor to get a letter of recommendation. Cannabis is not prescribable, so you can't go to a doctor to get a prescription. Nothing approved by the FDA, in other words, at this point. Nothing approved by the FDA. THC is still a federally illegal substance. That's why it's difficult to research in this country. So each states are coming up with their own laws. And in California, it's a lot easier and we have products readily available. I would really stress to go to a licensed dispensary. It's more expensive because you are charged lots of taxes, sales tax, the state cannabis tax, and then there's usually a local tax but you're insured that every product is lab tested. So there are no contaminants. What it says on the label of the product is what's in the product. A lab tested product is crucial. You don't want to just go to some dealer who could lace it with no. who knows what. Go to a licensed dispensary. And especially now in the era of fentanyl and fake pills, that's Um, extremely dangerous to do. So going to a legal dispensary and purchasing a product avoids a lot of that because if you buy from a reputable CBD company, you Google the U.S. Hemp Authority and see what their recommended companies are. It has to jump through lots of hoops to qualify and get that seal. That's very important. That's great to know. It was good to do a little bit of homework. And so little by little, we were able to wean my mom off of her opioids, actually quicker than I expected. A few months that she'd been on a regular CBD dosing schedule, she was home from the assisted living facility with me and my family for the weekend, and I heard her laughing. And that's when I realized it had been about three years since I heard my mom laugh. She had been very negative for the last few years with her her arthritis pain, very pessimistic just not herself, and so little by little, I felt like her old self was coming back. She didn't have the constipation issues she did while she was on the opioids, and Talk so about unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> it makes you miserable. The opioids changed her personality, and so it was nice to see that coming back. We did have to add some THC Mm -hmm. to her routine at nighttime because for some people, CBD can be stimulating and it makes them awake and alert. For other people, it can be really relaxing and almost make them drowsy. You just have to gauge how it makes you feel. I take CBD, a small dose every day. I don't feel either of those. I just feel regular. I'm sure it depends on the plant itself because you talked about all the varieties. Mm -hmm. The way
0: the product is manufactured And then our body chemistries are so different.
1: So our CBD system that's built into us can be very intricate and will respond differently. And that's why there's no one dose fits all, even for each condition. So everybody has a personalized CBD or Mm -hmm. cannabis program, and you just have to see how they respond. We use some CBD products at the Kensington, which is an assisted living and memory care facility in Sierra Madre, California. Our approach is the same for everybody. We start with a low dose, but it's amazing to me how nine milligrams once or twice a day has transformed a person from being anxious to just going with the flow or participating more, sleeping better. So we start at this low dose and go up as needed based on the response of the person. There was one point where my mom needed 100 milligrams in the morning of CBD, 100 milligrams in the afternoon. Afternoon of CBD and 15 milligrams of THC at bedtime. Now, for you and I, 15 milligrams of THC, you'd have to peel us off the ceiling, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> we slowly went up to that. And they do find that for some reason, older women have a higher tolerance for THC. I don't know. They have a higher tolerance
0: for everything.
1: (laughs) So that's when she was at her height of her arthritis, her anxiety, everything. And then over time, I was able to decrease her down when she was doing well. I said, well, let's see if she can tolerate less. You really have to listen to your body and sometimes go up on the dose. And sometimes you can go down on the dose and just see if you're getting the same Effect. Body chemistries do change over
0: time. You mentioned the tolerance situation, and uh, your mom was very fortunate to have a daughter who's a registered nurse. So it's not only if you're able to express what you're feeling, but also
1: if somebody has dementia to be very observant of their movement and how they're reacting. As a nurse, you would think I come with a tool bag of all this knowledge, but it was hard for me to get the information I was seeking to get the dosage guidance that I needed. I really had to wing it and figure it out on my own. And so that's why I ended up starting my company to share what I've learned because it was a long journey and I'm still always learning and share this in an easy way to help guide people. As a nurse, I can't prescribe or tell people what to do. I give them the education and steer them towards products that I feel are reputable. And as you mentioned, it can't be prescribed anyway. A lot of times doctors would just shut a person down who wanted to try it and discourage Mm -hmm. them. But now, at least with CBD, I think they're confident that it's not harmful if you get a good product. They can't give you much guidance, but they'll say, yeah, I think you can try it and have some success with that.
0: Here's when I really discovered, especially pain relieving benefits. I was on vacation at this place and I got a massage there. And they would use the CBD oils on you. And I've been having the knee, the back, the this, the that. And it was cold. I did that treatment. I got up, put my jacket on. And so I'm walking down the stairs outside. I'm not feeling any pain. Mm. I turned around, went back and said, what products did she use? (laughs) They had the
1: products in their store.
0: I bought them and they're wonderful.
1: Using topical products like that is a real good way for people to start who are nervous about using a cannabis product. A lot of times people will say for pain, what's the best way to do it? To ingest it, to use it topically. And there's not one best way. For my mom, my plan was to attack her inflammation from all sides. CBD is very anti-inflammatory. She was taking something internally, the oil, the capsules, the chocolate, the gummies. You told me that you had this ingenious way of creating one dose for your mom so that if somebody else was giving it to her, it wouldn't mess things up. When she was at the assisted living facility, I would buy the cannabis oil and I knew what dose I wanted her to have. So I started making little chocolates, I bought these molds and each chocolate would have her dose or close to it. Another time I would pre fill a bunch of syringes and one syringe was a dose so she would get a syringe in the morning a syringe in the evening. For a long time, I thought, let's avoid THC. That's the bad one. CBD is the good one. But that's not the right way to look at it. THC has a lot of beneficial properties. You just have to be more careful because it's intoxicating at a certain level. I didn't want them to accidentally give my mom too much THC and give her a bad experience or lower her blood pressure too much or whatever. So that's why I pre-measured syringes. I pre-filled capsules. I went through lots of different iterations because not only did I want to help my mom get better I found this so fascinating I just wanted to learn more and she trusted me completely you're a registered nurse of course and her daughter and the one who always has taken care of her when she's needed something but we also use topical products on her knees and her shoulders you have something
0: <laughs> I have my little
1: thing. It's calming for little stress. A friend introduced it to me. It's topical. I just put it on and it smells nice. And I don't feel high or anything like that. Oh, that's a great thing to use. <laughs> so for pain, when you apply something topically, you're attacking the inflammation and the pain from the outside in. It doesn't work for every kind of pain. Like my mom had hip arthritis and I think that was too deep in her body for it to penetrate. But knees are bony right at the surface. Neck hands, feet, all those little bony joints that are closer to the surface are easier. And I would say to do it twice a day if your pain is every day, and then you can apply more as needed. We even taught my mom how to use a vaporizer. It looked like a little electric cigarette that was formulated specifically for pain. It had two parts THC, one part CBD, Each dose was measured. When you inhale it, the little plastic cigarette would vibrate. And that told you the dose was delivered. We found that she'd been sitting for a long time. And if she had to get up to go to the bathroom, she had to go quickly. But the pain was sometimes Mm. too much at that moment. If we gave her one little inhalation, it worked very quickly It didn't take all her pain away, but it took the edge off enough that now she can get up and go to the restroom. So it's not necessarily which product do I use. I think it was nice to have different types of products on hand. Think about over-the-counter
0: medications. Each of us knows which one works best for us. I've had people talk about a certain brand, like the T for the flu. And there's the M brand. The M brand actually works for me, but the T brand
1: doesn't. Body chemistry is different. And I find that the people who don't give up right away are the ones who generally find success because there are so many different products out there. You know, It took us a while to realize we needed to add a little bit of THC to my mom's program to get better results. And just listening to your body, it's fascinating. Each person becomes an expert on themselves and what works for themselves.
0: You would mentioned earlier that your mom came to rely much less on the opioids. Is cannabis good for helping to ease what could become an addiction to opioids? Because as we know, that is rampant. Yeah, they
1: have shown that CBD is helpful in any kind of addiction. A lot of times it helps to deal with the withdrawal side effects of coming Mm -hmm. off either alcohol, drugs, opioids, which is one of the reasons why people don't want to stop using it is because they can't tolerate the effects of not using it. And if it's helping the pain that the opioids were helping, you need less of the opioids because your pain is getting addressed. That's another way it can help. But it also helps with the cravings that were reward-seeking behavior. CBD tends to help regulate that as well. THC, marijuana was always talked about as a gateway drug when I was in school and as a kid. I remember. But some addiction specialists are using it as an exit drug. It's easier if you add cannabis to a person who's already addicted to something and you shift their reliance on whatever hard drug they were on. It's much easier to then get them off of the marijuana than it was to just cold turkey, get them off of cocaine or heroin or whatever. Yeah. They're on. So it's been interesting to see that it can be used kind of the opposite of the way we were told. I really didn't believe when I saw the list of things that people use CBD to treat because mm-hmm. how can it possibly treat alcoholism, Alzheimer's, cancer, arthritis pain, all these different things? Once I understood how our endocannabinoid system works and we have receptors throughout our body, these cannabinoids from the plant interact with. receptors in our body, different organ systems, I do understand how cannabis can have an effect on all those very different conditions. Sue, what do you wish people
0: knew about what you do, but they generally don't know?
1: I wish they would know not to be fearful of this plant and to ask the right questions, to talk to their doctors about it, to find answers from a health professional. There aren't a lot of cannabis nurses out there, but there are some. People think I sell products, but I don't. I just share information and give dosing and product guidance. I'm not a doctor, but I do share the information and the education for a person to advocate on their own. I want people to advocate for their own health. And if they really think CBD or THC is something that can benefit them, keep at it and give it a try. And you'll see for yourself, chances are, you're not going to get the results quickly because it's not that kind of product. It's not like a pharmaceutical that sometimes hits you hard and fast. It's gentle. There's documentation and evidence of at least 10,000 years of cannabis plants being used medicinally, but the plants back then were not as potent with such high levels of THC as they are now. Nowadays in a dispensary, you can get a product that's maybe 20, 30% THC and naturally occurring in the plant the way nature intended was maybe three to 5% THC. Oh, Uh, or less. (laughs) So yes, the plants of today are a Frankenstein version of the more naturally occurring. So it all goes to dose and a little goes a long way, especially with THC. THC dosing tends to be very low, maybe one milligram, maybe two milligrams. I wouldn't start at five milligrams. I think that's probably too much to start with. CBD dosing is much more generous, anywhere from 10 milligrams to there's kids with severe epilepsy who are taking 1500 milligrams.
0: Wow. And I just want to reiterate what you're talking about is made from hemp, which is legal in all 50 states.
1: Yes. There's good hemp products and there's good cannabis products. So not to say one is necessarily better than the other. It depends on what each individual person needs. I like to start with hemp products just because it's less expensive. And to find a good quality product, do a little bit of research. A reputable company will send you or let you access the certificate of analysis, the test results, that there are no pesticides, heavy metals, contaminants in the product, that the milligrams are what's stated on the label, with a little bit of variation because it is a natural plant. That's Mother Nature for you. That's
0: right. This is just a wealth of information, a very important information. And I'm so
1: grateful to you for being on this episode. Thank you. I was so happy to be here and enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much
0: for listening to How to Move Your Mom and Still be on Speaking Terms afterward. Please visit howtomoveyourmom.com for more information about this episode and for additional podcast episodes featuring other extraordinary guests and conversations. Until next time, this is your very grateful host, Marty Stevens-Hiebner.